I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. In our first podcast of 2021, I've got an interview with one of the leading avatars of ambient chamber music, Olafur Arnolds. Last year, Olafur released the album Some Kind of Peace, and it definitely captures the vibe of these uncertain pandemic days. I talked to him from his home studio in Reykjavik. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about a very trippy and good electronic album that came out toward the end of 2020 on the Spotted Peccary label. Hemispherica Portalis, Portal of 1000 Years by Desensitized. This is a collaboration between Deborah Martin and Dean De Benedictus, merging vintage space music sonorities with a modern electronic ambient sound. You should know Deborah Martin from her many dreamy electronic albums over the years and Dean De Benedictus, who has not only released great electronic albums under his own name, but also in the guise of Surface 10. Hemispherica Portalis by Desensitized is available from Amazon, iTunes, Bandcamp, and other retailers. And now, let's get some peace with Olafur Arnolds. Olaf Arnolds is from the second generation of ambient chamber music composers. The Icelandic artist released his first album in 2007 and since then has released five solo recordings and a multiple of collaborations including work with Nils Fromm and classical pianist Sarah Alice Ott. He's got several film and TV scores including the Broadchurch series and he records pure electronic music in the duo Kiosmos. His latest album was partly born in pandemic and partly in Bali. It's called Some Kind of Peace and it's an album for these pandemic times. The title of Olaf Arnold's Some Kind of Peace is drawn from the lyrics to the song Back to the Sky, written by vocalist JFDR, who also sings the song. So I had written like half of the album before the pandemic, and it was already coming to me that I would be working with these kind of themes of, of just looking a little bit more inwards and and looking at what peace means to me. And then, then this pandemic hits and it just felt like it was like a confirmation that I was going in the right, right direction. And the title suddenly felt very appropriate. Then 
Now in his mid-30s, Oliver Arnold's hair has already gone to gray, which is long enough to sweep upwards a bit, and he sports a light brown beard that looks like it's about a week's growth. Oliver Arnold is a chill guy, and he seems pretty relaxed now, which made me wonder what he was experiencing that wasn't peace. It turns out it was himself and the Oliver Arnolds who first began making music. I think what I kind of like to look at in that context is what was your first reason for making music? Why did I make my first album, you know? And, <laughs> and I listened back to that and there was some kind of purity in it that I felt maybe was at risk of getting lost when music becomes a career, when there's pressure, when there's uh, people who depend on you to make a living, when there's all this touring and there's this whole kind of operation behind everything. And I'm constantly trying to look for like, what's the next interesting thing I can work with? Or, you know, what's the next big concept I can come up with? Or suddenly all those things felt like they were just ways to protect myself from actually being vulnerable and, and writing music that's just completely pure from the heart without any of those things mattering. Some Kind of Peace is a contrast to his last album, Remember, that was centered on his Stratus pianos, multiple upright keyboards that autoplay. It's a complicated, computer-based approach to music. Everything just has its time, and, and at that time that was really what I was passionate about. And I'm still using them. They're heavily featured on this new album, too. But I think what I'm kind of getting at is you can create these concepts, you can create these instruments or whatever it is that you want to use, but I guess I'm now less interested in having them be the forefront of it. I'm less interested in hiding behind those concepts and rather just having them as a part of my arsenal of tools. That's why piano is central to his new album and especially the creaky piano sound he helped pioneer. Instead of a clean approach to recording the piano, close miking and felt under the hammers accentuate all the mechanical noises as well as the player's sounds. When you're making music and you come across these unexpected things, like I don't think I planned for that chair to creak, or, but when they do happen and you find something in there, which is in this case it's like, oh, it's actually creating an effect on the piano that tells a bit more of a story. You can hear that the player is there because you can hear him moving. You can hear my fingernails touching the, the keys. Everything becomes so accented that I just decide to lean into that. It puts a human 
onto the recording. wasn't the first to explore this sound, but he's definitely one of the leading figures employing it. I was definitely not the first to do that. I did not invent this sound, um, but I've kind of made it mine, I guess, by just using it a lot. Uh, yeah, there, it's a very popular sound today, and, you know, partly because of people like me and Niels Fram, of course, who's also been a, a prominent of this sound, and, of course, we've worked together a lot Um but also then it started creeping into like music software, like software companies started creating software pianos for composers that also had this sound. And that's the moment where you start seeing it everywhere. leaves a lot of other sounds on his recordings as well, including the voices at the beginning of the song, We Contain Multitudes. I'm just coming back to that. Oh, guys, I... No, I don't. I was no? just getting... Okay. When I realized what this album was about, or what I was doing with this album, and when I realized that it was becoming a very personal affair, I felt that it was important for me to kind of go all the way in <laughs> with that and to provide some clarity on my on my story. As far as that goes, it's still pretty vague, as you say. This one and a few other things in there, some are hidden, some are more obvious, are parts of my actual life. So this is me and my partner, actually, that you can hear there in the background. It's an older recording from one of the first times we met and we were at my house in Bali. Um, which is why you can hear the frogs and crickets in the background, which is an ambience that you actually don't get here in Iceland. There's still a lot of electronics on the album, and he collaborates with down-tempo artist Bonobo on one track. It's called Loom, and it is easily the most electronic track on the album. They also went camping. Yes, wonderful time. <laughs> so it's an interesting uh, feeling to like sleep in a tiny tent with someone for the first time, you know, like sharing a bed <laughs> with a friend that, you know, I mean, we're friends, but we haven't known each other since we were kids or anything, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we, um, he came, Bonobo came to, to Iceland last summer. Um, I invited him here. 
Even the song, the most energetic of some kind of peace, exists in a quiet place. Not as quiet as tracks like this. But still, the quiet of contemplation. It's a space Oliver Arnold strives to enter, whether he's home in Reykjavik, Bali, or traveling the world. First, I have to cultivate that quietude inside myself, and that's probably the the biggest challenge of getting into that space. And this album has definitely also been a tribute to that a lot, like the importance of rituals in that whole process, and, and also like looking what happens when all those rituals are suddenly completely taken away from you because of you know a, a tiny little virus that goes around the world. Arnolds is another musician who just seems to breathe the music that is right for these times. His new album is Some Kind of Peace, and it's the kind of peace we all could use. I will have a link for Olafur Arnold's album, Some Kind of Peace, up in the posting for this podcast. Next week on the Echoes podcast, another great ambient chamber music artist, Kevin Keller. He talks about an album born from the prospect of suspended life during heart surgery. I'll also have the fourth of 30 icons of Echoes, Dead Can Dance. I'm John DiLiberto. This has been the Echoes podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want. <laughs>